You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. So how about as we, as we come around another one this morning, let's, let's just pray and invite Holy Spirit to help us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ on this Christmas Eve morning. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you so much for the wonder of this season, for even as we've reflected on already, what a, what a wonderful gift the chosen is to the church. And we just thank you for that reenactment, for the way that that helped us to, to look at this child, even with fresh eyes, and, and just be in awe and wonder at the promises fulfilled simply because this child came. And we thank you, Jesus, that as we go in this season, that this season is full of things that point to you. And so this morning, as we reflect on another Christmas carol, Christmas song, we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would guide us, that you would encourage us, and that you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Saviour was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks to Pentatonix for that video. 
So God, God rest you merry gentlemen. It's one of those classics at Christmas, isn't it? Everyone knows it. Some people love it. Other people loathe it. Let's just put that out there. It's, it's a song that's clearly focused on the nativity. The lyrics are actually shaped, if you, if you look at it, and I encourage you to do it this week, have a, have a read through them. They're actually shaped around Luke's account of Jesus' birth from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. Let's read this together now. Luke writes, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. We saw this just before. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You know, the music of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen is unique. It's haunting almost. Some say nice, different, unusual. Others feel that the music's at odds with the joyful scenes the lyrics are describing and don't really appreciate the song much as a result. If you're a lover of classic literature, who loves classic literature? Anyone? A few of us. You might know that it was upon hearing God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen being sung that by a caroler, that was the very thing that tipped Ebenezer Scrooge over the edge in Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Christmas Carol. Here's how Dickens writes it. He writes, At the first sound of God bless ye, merry gentlemen, may nothing you dismay, Scrooge seized the ruler with such energy of action that the singer fled in terror, leaving the keyhole to the fog and even more congenial frost. <laughs> Safe to say, God rest ye, merry gentlemen, is a carol that some people love, and it's a carol that others do not. But for me, why I'm sharing around this carol today is because I think it could be, or maybe it should be, one that's loved by all. If we were to actually grasp what it is that these guys are singing, what the carol is encouraging us to do. And to begin to understand what we're singing, we actually need to think about punctuation and how language and words change in meaning over time. Who knows punctuation's kind of important? Yep, here's a good example. I take great pleasure in eating my family and my dog. The dogs are a bit concerned about that one. <laughs> it doesn't read so well, does it? It just it does, doesn't sound right. But if I go ahead and insert some punctuation, commas in the right places, I can accurately communicate what I'm trying to say. Is this, I take great pleasure in eating 
my family and my dog. See that? Or what about this one? Commas are important people. Well, they are important, but commas aren't important people. Throw a comma in the right place and the message comes across accurately. Today, I'm trying to bring home this point to all of us. Commas are important people. Yeah? You with me today? Now, here's the thing. The thrust of God rest ye merry gentlemen often gets confused as a result of punctuation. You might have seen this carol recorded, written down, the title of it, as God rest ye or you, and then comma, and then merry gentlemen. But that's actually not what it was meant to be. You see, there is some debate about this, but on the basis of the historical use of what was a common phrase back in the day, we can be confident that the comma should actually be after Mary, not before. Let me explain why. What the writer of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen is, is doing is encouraging people to rest merry. God rest ye merry gentlemen. When we read rest and merry with modern day eyes and understanding, we think of perhaps what we're going to be doing late tomorrow in the afternoon, don't we? Feet up on the couch, maybe a nana nap, maybe a bit of merriness, unless you've got kids, of course, and then you certainly won't be doing that. But that's not what the phrase rest merry actually meant in the 17th century. What the phrase is actually encouraging us to do is to remain, to keep or continue being merry, glad or joyful. As Bob Lapine from Premier Christianity says, he says, the gentlemen or the gentlewomen are not being invited to rest, as in take it easy, they are being encouraged to rest merry. That is to remain in a state of merriness or joy. If you look at the history of this phrase, you'll discover that this was quite a common phrase around the beginning of the 17th century when some believe this song was written and even earlier. William Shakespeare, anyone familiar with this, this guy? Might remember him from school. He used this phrase in several of his plays, including Romeo and Juliet, As You Like It, and The Merchant of Venice, among others. We can understand rest in this context like... What happens when a lawyer closes with their final remarks? Anyone watched one of those and you've heard a lawyer say, the defence rests, Your Honour, or I rest my case, Your Honour. In other words, they're saying that they're prepared to stand by their position, yeah? They're going to remain with their position. Does that make sense? So if we put all of this together and William Rolfe in his commentary on Shakespeare's play, As You Like It, he explains this really clearly. He says, God rest ye merry, gent- merry, sorry, God rest ye merry is the equivalent of God keep you merry. It was a common form of salutation at meeting and oftener at parting. God keep you merry. May God keep you in contented spirits. That's what The title of the song means that is the main idea of the song. And I'd want to think maybe this will change how we understand and even approach this carol. God rest ye merry gentlemen is actually inviting all of us, viewing gentlemen as a collective archaic term for all people, men, women, children, 
to rest Mary because the Messiah, because Jesus Christ has been born. This is why no matter what we face in life, no matter what seasons we go through, no matter the ups, no matter the downs, the hardships, the disappointments, and just those seasons that just feel a bit meh, no matter what, the news we celebrate each and every Christmas that Jesus is born can be for us a source of continual joy. In this difficult, challenging, hard life, we can rest merry. We can be filled with joy. We can be made joyful by the news that Jesus Christ is born. This is the good news that brings or, or can bring, as the carol says, each and every one of us tidings of comfort and joy this Christmas. And really, any time we pause to ponder and marvel at Jesus Christ, God's great gift to us. Let's think, let's think afresh about the wonder of the birth of Jesus and the wonder of what Jesus entered earth to do. And I'm going to read the lyrics from the first verse in light of this. These are the updated lyrics from 1961. It says, God rest you merry, gentlemen, let nothing you dismay, for Jesus Christ our Saviour was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy. You know, friends, in this life, it's not always easy, is it? I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this life can be really difficult at times. We face many circumstances, situations that cause us genuine grief, cause us sorrow and pain. We turn on the news and we see horrific things happening all over the world that leave us feeling despondent at times. We live in a world that's far from the ideal one that God created all those years ago. A far cry from that perfect word that God created for us to live in with him and each other. And yet, what we see in the Christmas narrative is that God came in human form, fully God and fully man, to dwell with us. God comes right into the mess to set things right. He came as one of us to be with us and to pay the price to redeem each one of us. As the writer of the carol says, Jesus came to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. The Apostle Paul in Romans 3, 23 to 24, he explains our predicament and the wonder of the redemption Jesus offers us. And this is true for all of us. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Saviour, was born, as we reflected on earlier with communion, to save us all from Satan's power, to dwell with us and to save us from dying in sin. Jesus was born to justify and redeem mankind. And for me, friends, in a world that feels incredibly hopeless at times, this is why we actually can have hope. This is why we can, if you're a believer in Christ, we're called to be people of hope. This is why you can be a person of hope, even when everything around feels hopeless. 
This is why, ultimately, as the, as the song goes, we have no reason to dismay in life. Like, you know, it's not easy to hear. There's lots of things that cause us grief. But ultimately, because Jesus simply came and offers redemption to mankind, we have no reason to dismay. But God rest ye merry gentlemen, challenges us to remember that because Jesus Christ the Saviour was born, we can be right with God now and forevermore if we place our faith in Jesus Christ. We can be, as Jesus said, born again spiritually through faith in him. We can be made right with God and we can enjoy ongoing relationship and newness of life with him. And this is good news. This is good news for a world, for people who are in desperate need of good news. This is why the angel announced the birth of Jesus and the angels announced the birth of Jesus in the way that they did in Luke 2.10. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The good news is that the Saviour came that he lived the perfect life, that he paid the ultimate price. He gave his life for every woman, every man, every child, that whoever of those women, men and children choose to place their faith in him and trust in him would be saved and experience true hope that comes from being in relationship with God forevermore. Praise God. That in a nutshell, is what God rest ye merry gentlemen is inviting us to do. It's inviting us to pause, to reflect, but then also then to respond to the good news of Jesus' birth, to respond with similar hearts to those of the shepherds who after seeing and, and having their, their revelation courtesy of God through the gift of the angels to them, to understand just who this baby boy was. And they responded like this, Luke 2.20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And in God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, the final stanza of the song invites each of us to respond in much the same way. It reads, Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all other doth deface or outshine. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. That line, all others doth deface, simply means that the holy tide of Christmas, the good news of Jesus' birth is much better, far superior than any other news we could ever want to hear or grasp hold of. It's reminding us that there's no news like the news of the birth of the Saviour King, Jesus Christ. And because this is the case, this is absolutely true. All of us, all of us here, all of us watching online, All of us would be wise to pause, reflect, and consider how we're going to respond to this news. Maybe you've been 
following Jesus for many, many years now. And for whatever reason, you, you come to this time of year and, and you're just like, yeah, nah, bring on the new year. Bring on the new year, baby. I don't want any of this Christmas tinsel and stuff. You're a bit of like a Christmas Scrooge or something. Simply because the wonder of the season has just kind of worn off for you. Maybe all the consumerism and the focus on Santa instead of Jesus has made things feel a bit flat for you. Well, can I encourage you today? Can I encourage and challenge you today? I guess we've got, we got an opportunity this morning to respond afresh to this good news of great joy. How are you going to respond today to the birth of the King? Perhaps you, you're here today and, and you come to church now and then. Maybe you come to church at Christmas. Maybe you come to church at Easter. And you understand the, the good news of Jesus' birth in your head. But this good news hasn't necessarily taken root deep within your heart. You understand who Jesus is. You recognise he is the Son of God, but you haven't taken that next step and chosen to follow him, give your life to him, to serve him and love him all your days. Let me encourage you. Let me challenge you today. Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for you to call out to him and save you. How are you going to respond to the birth of the King today? John three sixteen to 17. We heard it read by one of our beautiful little kids earlier. Sums up the good news of Jesus' birth and the broader good news of the gospel. Reading from verse 16, John writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus came as the Saviour. Jesus lived as the Saviour. Jesus died as the Saviour. Jesus rose again victorious to life as the Saviour. And Jesus continues to live and rule and reign as Saviour of the world. How are you going to respond to him? This Christmas? Are you going to go on in life, walking it alone without him? Or are you going to join with just under 2.4 billion other people all over the globe who worship him with adoration as they walk through life, enjoying ongoing, rich relationship with him? The choice ultimately is ours to make. Jesus wants us to approach him. He's made the way for us to freely approach him. And he longs that we would find the freedom and peace and joy and hope that he has to give each and every person. Can I encourage you, make the choice to come to Jesus afresh this Christmas. And you'll rest merry in this life. But also, you'll rest merry in the next too, for all eternity, when your time in this world is up as well. Let's pray and praise Jesus together as we close our time in God's word this morning. Thank you, God.